0: We're going to finish the t- uh, the to the table series today. Uh, I'll be here all week. Uh, and um, <laughs> till 5. I'm done at 5. But um we're going to we're going to finish the to the table series today. And we've been saying that Jesus ate his way through the Gospels, and we're going to look at the last dinner he had with his disciples. This is known as the Lord's Supper, and so today we're going to take communion together, so we're going to get that opportunity. And in this story, Jesus washes disciples' feet, so I thought it was fitting because moms spent much of their life wiping things, right? And so uh, we get to see how Jesus went about that and uh, just honor, honor you guys today. Let's just jump right in. John chapter 13, the Lord's Supper is mentioned in every gospel account in the New Testament, but Jesus washing disciples' feet is only mentioned in one, John chapter 13. And so this is where we're going to be at, uh, be studying today. This is what we read. It was just before the Passover festival. Uh, In Jewish culture, Passover festival is the the largest gathering of the Jewish people. That's where they celebrate God rescuing uh, the Israelites, the Hebrew people from Egypt into the on their way to the promised land, all right? So it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. It means he understood he was about to die. The evening meal was in progress. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So, right? So. You, like when you see that word, so, I put that word, so, up there on purpose, that means something's about to happen, right? Your Bible translation may say, therefore, Right? And Jesus knew certain things, and because he knew certain things, it allowed him to take certain steps. Because Jesus understood certain things, it allowed him to do things that maybe others of us will not do because we don't know certain things. Here are the four things that we learned that Jesus knew from the first three verses of John 13. One, he knew he was about to die, right? The second thing he knew, that he had full authority, that God had put all things under his power. Jesus knew where he had come from, that he had come from the Father. And the final thing is Jesus knew he was returning to the Father. So he knew that his time was short. He knew that he had all authority given to him. He knew his backstory, where he came from, and he knew where he was going. Here's my question to you this morning. Uh, What do you know about you? What do you know about you? And here's, like, I am a pastor. I'm a man who believes that God is always calling you to something. Now, some of you may think that God is a God who lives in the rearview mirror, and he's always condemning you for how you lived. That is not God. That is not God. That is the enemy. The enemy reminds God pulls you forward. And so God is trying to propel you forward, right? And there are certain things, I believe this with everything in me, that no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, God is calling you towards something and you're not doing it because you don't know who you are in Christ. Because you don't know. And you're worried about what people are going to say about you. You're worried about what people are going to think about you. You're worried about if you could pull it off. You're worried about looking foolish. You're worried about sounding silly. And so that little thing that nips at your heart and says, hey, you need to pray for that person. You need to encourage that person. You need to uh, high-five that person. You need to buy that person's food. You need to buy that person's uh, rent, pay their rent. Whatever it might be that God is saying, hey, I want you to do this, you have a hard time doing it because you don't know who you are in Christ. Jesus knew who he was so. And what he does next isn't a miracle. He actually, we'll read it. He washes feet. I'll give you the punchline. He serves. He was so secure in who he was that he was able to lower himself to the servant and serve. Some of us, we can't serve people. We can't bless people. We can't help people because you don't know who you are. And your insecurities get in the way, like you get in the way of you. Actually, I would say it like this. You get in the way of God doing something in you. Here's the things I'd like to ask you this morning. What do you know about you? Meaning, do you know that your time is short? No one in this room has any idea how much time they have left on this earth. And if you think that you know, that's bonkers, man. You have no idea what tomorrow holds. You don't have any idea what this afternoon holds for you. Life is short. Do you know that? And because it's short, this way, oh, I'll do it later, or I'll say it later, or I'll get to it later, maybe, might, might not. Number two, thing I'd ask you is, do you know what God has given you? Jesus knew all authority. Do you know your gifts and talents? Do you know how God has equipped you? Do you know, uh, like, do you just count your personality to something that you're, you learned from your mom? Or is, is you just kind of see your kindness as something you picked up from your grandmother? Like, do you understand the, the, the gifts and the talents and the strengths that God has equipped you with that are maybe unique to you, not unique to everyone else, that is for you to use? in people's lives. What about this? Do you know where you came from? Now, Jesus came from the Father. I came from Light, Arkansas, population 50 people. I'm a country boy, right? But I have country boy values. There were things instilled in me as a young guy that are still with me today, right? Do you know where you came from? Do you know your backstory? Do you know who you are? You go, oh, man, my story is not as good as yours. I, it's still your story. And it's your story that brought you to this very point right now. And so do you understand it? Do you, do, you, uh, do you leverage your past to be a catalyst for your future? And the fourth thing, do you know where you're going? Man, if you know where you're going, it can create some security in your life, all right? Now, Jesus knew these things, so he did something. Let's look at what he did. He got it from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Now, I want to give you a visual of what Jesus actually would have done. He would have basically stripped down to his underwear, whatever they wore in that time. And he would have wrapped a towel around him. He would have undressed as Jesus at the Passover meal and dressed as a servant, as the person who washes people's feet and cleans up the messes. And that's why when Jesus does that, you see Peter in just a moment kind of flipping out because, whoa, whoa, Jesus, what are you doing? You're the Messiah. You're the boss. You're the leader. You're the Lord. You don't do that. That's somebody else's job. Peter doesn't say it's mine, right? He doesn't go there, but he's like, that's somebody else will do that, not you. But Jesus was so secure in who he was that he was able to look foolish in his service. How fun is that? And so he wraps his towel around the waist, and after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No. Said, Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head, like all of me. Wash all of me. And Jesus says, those who have been, uh, had, a, who, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Now, how many of you, when you were younger, your mom sometimes had to be really direct with you? Really? Your mom has never raised your voice with you? That's amazing. My mom raised her voice all the time because I was a knucklehead. Let's do it again. How many of your mom ever had to raise her voice because you didn't hear her say something? Like, come here, (laughs) right? Clean your room. I said, right? Maybe you had a soft-spoken mom, but I'm guessing even your soft-spoken mom could be pretty firm and direct when she needed to, right? Now, I always talk about Jesus. I love talking about Jesus. That's why we come to church is to talk about Jesus. But if you will give me Uh, extra space, I'm going to be really direct for the next few moments. I'm going to be really direct on what it looks like to be a Christ follower, to be a Christian. I'm going to present the gospel really clear, so clear that some of you might take offense to what I say because it goes against what you believe about your salvation. But you need to know. Had a guy one time say that if you're only 99% sure that you're a believer, you're 100% lost right? If you're only like, if you ever wonder, will you go to hell if you die? Please pay attention today. If you think that you're a Christian, please pay attention to the words that are about to come out of my mouth because I'm not going to give you my theology. I'm going to point you to scripture. Like you're, I'm about to show you some the secret sauce to whether or not you know you are a follower of Jesus. You ready? I'm going to be really direct. In this story here, I go in this story Jesus is going to unpack what he did on a very basic level, but there's a deeper thing happening here too. Here, Jesus is talking about for uh, complete salvation, and he's also talking about repentance. There's a, those are two things that we can learn from this. Here's what I mean. Pete, he comes to Peter ready to wash Peter's feet. Peter says, whoa, you can't do that, Jesus. And Jesus says, if, you, if I don't, then you have no part with me. And then Peter says, well, wash all of me then. Man, I'm dirty from head to toe. Peter, and Jesus goes, no, you're not. You've been clean. The only thing that's dirty on you now is your feet, okay? I wanna talk to you about two types of dirty, all right? Two types of dirty. The first type of dirty is dirty from head to toe. Dirty from head to toe. And this is where everyone starts at some point in your life with Jesus. You might have been seven, you might have been 17, you might have been 77, right? I don't know. But at some point in your life, you encounter Jesus and you have to step into salvation where you are washed in the blood of the Lamb, that you are received into his kingdom and the sacrifice of Jesus. His death on the cross is what reconciles you back to God and you are forgiven of your sins, right? Now, here is what I'm going to be very direct on. I want to take you to Romans 10, 9 and 10 because Paul tells us how to be saved, right? Or how to know you will be saved. Look what he says here. Paul says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I made this bold, you will be saved, right? So when you say, when you see you will be saved. Let's look and see how, how do we know. If you confess with your mouth, what? Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, what? That God raised him from the dead, the resurrection, you will be saved. Why? For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Now, here is my contention, if that's the correct word, for the church in the West. We are a church full of people who believe in the resurrected Jesus, that that same Jesus has absolutely no say in your life whatsoever. You don't ask Jesus. I'm being very general, but I'm also being very direct. You don't ask Jesus about anything. You didn't ask Jesus about who you should marry. You didn't ask Jesus about your college career. You didn't ask Jesus about the job you currently have. You just do what you think is best for you, and even though you believe that this Jesus died and resurrected, which, by the way, no one else in your life has ever done that for you, you don't give him any authority to talk into your life whatsoever. When you're angry, you stay angry. When you want to get kissy and smoochy-smoochy, you stay in that attitude until it's finished. You never ask him, is this the proper path for me to take? You just go, you like that kissy and smoochy stuff? Um, you just walk in the path that you want to take because, in essence, although you believe in Jesus as your Savior, you are your Lord. You are your leader, you are your boss, and we do what we want to do. And this is a huge problem, because Paul says in Romans 10, out and 10, if you confess with your mouth or believe in your heart, does he say and or or? Hey, you can confess with your mouth or you can believe in your heart. Take your pick, whichever one's the most convenient for you. No, he says and. Confess and believe. And my observation doing ministry for a long, long time now is churches are full of people who believe but do not confess. Now, I told you, some of you would be like, what? Here's the thing. Are you ready? I'm being really clear. There has to be a proclamation of words coming out of your mouth where you say, Jesus is my leader. Jesus is my Lord. Oh, man, I think that. No, I didn't say it. Paul doesn't say if you think in your head, you think in your brain. See, I can think things and you'll never know it. Do you know that? I can think things and you'll never know what I'm thinking. You might think you know what I'm thinking, but you don't know for sure. But when I say it, when I proclaim it, when I confess it, guess what? You know exactly what I'm saying. So when I stand up here before you and I say that I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life, that Jesus is my leader, that Jesus is my boss, I mean that. And you hear me say that. And this is not presentation Matt saying it. Follow me around. That's my confession of faith. It's not a confession I made one time in my life. It's a daily confession. Jesus is my leader. And some of you think it, but you don't say it. And here's why you don't say it. Because if you said it, somebody's going to make fun of you. If you say it, people at work are going to think you're goofy. If you say it, people in your family, you don't know what they're going to think. If you say it, what will she, what will he, what will they think about you? And because of that, you have more concern about what other people think about you than what Jesus himself thinks about you. Can I give you two scriptures to kind of back up this kind of thought? Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. When you come to faith in Jesus, when you begin to, when God begins to open your eyes and you begin to say, Man, I believe Jesus is my salvation, you have to tell people that. You have to confess it, you have to profess it, you have to proclaim it. You you get the opportunity. It's like your light all of a sudden is a lamp. It's a light, it's a candle that's burning. And if you're afraid that someone's going to see that light, what you might discover is that um, you are ashamed of the gospel. Let me give you one that's a little scary for me to read. Matthew chapter 10, look what Jesus says further down. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. That sounds pretty harsh from Jesus, right? I thought Jesus was only love. Oh, Jesus is love. He loves you enough to tell you the truth. There's there's two conversations that Jesus will have with each and every one in this room if the scriptures are true. That you will stand before him one day and he will say this, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in or depart from me for I never knew who you were. But Jesus, I I believe that you I never knew who you were. I was the leader of this church called the Ecclesia. I was a leader of a people on the move, and you were never in that. See, here's what some of us think. We think that we get to go to heaven in a big group. Like the 10 o'clock service is going to enter the pearly gates altogether. And you're hoping that you can maybe squat down and come in behind Pastor Matt, right? No, you're going to have to stand there and give an account for your life. And he ain't going to ask you, hey, what did you think about me? Hey, who were you in me? Was I your leader? Did, I, did you follow me? And I'm just being as clear as I know how to be. If you're in the room and you love Jesus and you believe that he is the resurrection and the life, you've got to tell somebody. You've got to confess it, that he is your leader. And if you're like, well, man, I don't know what they're going to think about me. What does God think about you? And what does Jesus think about you? And I'll be honest with you, I don't care what they think about you. Do you think, like? think, In a minute, we're going to take communion, and this bread reflects the body of Jesus that was broken on his way to the cross. Do you think Jesus uh, endured any ridicule? Do you think Jesus ever had people in the Gospels not like him? Do you think Jesus had ever people who were high and mighty against him? Yes. And do you think that you're opposite of Jesus and somehow you're not going to have to endure any hardships? Do you think that in your life as following Jesus is supposed to be an easy cakewalk? I mean, I don't know what Bible you're reading, but it isn't the word of God. I follow Jesus. I am loyal. I am faithful. That's my prayer every day. That I am faithful and I am loyal to my Jesus, that he is my leader and he is my boss, that he is my Lord. I mean, today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day where you, some of you, many of you, I've been praying for you all week, that you need to tell somebody, hey, I want you to know, and I'm scared to death to say it. I'm a little bit of a chicken. I don't really like saying things out loud, but Jesus is my Lord. And it ain't a one-time confession either, folks. It's a daily confession. That idea that you go to camp when you're 15 and you come up for it and you cry and you pray, oh Jesus, 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 and then you go back and say, Well, I guess I'm in, I can do whatever the heck I want now. Eh, Huge fell. Jesus is our leader every single day. Man, my prayer is that you would confess that this morning. In a moment, we're gonna take communion. Okay? You have the this is what I'm asking you to do. And like it, Here, I'm, I'm letting you off easy. When I was coming to faith back in 1994, I had to walk forward in front of everybody while they sang a song. Yeah, nobody wants to do that, you big chickens. I did it, right? Here's what I'm asking you to do. When we take communion, there's going to be people standing at each table. I just want you to look them in the eye and say, I confess Jesus as my Lord. That's all you got to do. I can, and if you came with somebody today, you need to tell them right now, you need to whisper in their ear, hey, I confess Jesus as my Lord. Like, I'm not a sh- I am not don't care what you think about me. You need to know this. There's something going on in my heart right now, and Jesus is my leader. I've never said it publicly. I've been believing it, but I've never said it publicly. I'm telling you, you are my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Man, that's a good thing. He comes to Peter. and says, Peter, I'm going to wash your feet. Peter says, no, you're not. Jesus says, you can't have any part with me. Peter then says, okay, wash all of me, right? I'm, I'm dirty from head to toe, what I just talked about. Jesus says, Peter, you're not. I've already made you clean. You've already confessed me as your Lord. We're good. It's just your feet are dirty. That's the second type of dirty. The second type of dirty is dirty feet. And this is for all of the believers, all of those professing, confessing Christians in the room. We have dirty feet. This is the picture of repentance. This is the picture of repentance. Jesus comes down, and he gets down at Peter's feet, and he's got his uh, water and his towel, and you know what he sees? He sees everything Peter has walked through. And he sees everything else that all the other disciples had walked through. Like he's at their feet, their Lord, their Messiah. And he sees their feet. Here's the, the principle for us. Jesus sees what we've walked through. He sees where you've, what you've gone through, right? Uh, how did I say it in the, in the insert? Let me bring my notes down here. Jesus knows where you've been. Jesus cares where you're going, Jesus knows where you've been. Jesus cares where you're going. This is an idea of not, Jesus, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to walk through it again. Let me repeat that. When Jesus cleans Peter's feet, it's not a picture of, hey, Jesus, I know I shouldn't look at that, but I'm probably going to look at it again. I'm sorry. Hey, Jesus, I know we got angry again and I lost my temper. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm, man, I I just got a bad temper. I got that from my mom. (laughs) can't help it hey, Jesus, I'm in the same situation that I'm in before. I'm sorry. It's, not a, it's not a feet washing of, I'm sorry, I'm going to do it again. It's a feet washing of repentance where Jesus says, hey, I see where you've been, right? But I care about where you're going. That's what I want you to know. Okay. This is really, really, really key guys. Jesus is really concerning about where you're going. How do we know this? Well, we just talked about Jesus is our leader. Jesus wants us to confess and proclaim that he is our leader. Jesus is not going to walk you through addiction to pornography. Jesus is not going to take you to the, to the guy where you get your drugs from. He's not leading you that direction. If you walk to the the person who supports your habit, here's what I can promise you. You have left Jesus somewhere and you have following your flesh again. He's not taking you to get high. He's not going to take you to anywhere that leads to destruction. How do we know this? Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. However, you have an adversary, an enemy, who has come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And you get to choose. Man, what freedom we have in Christ. That you can choose Jesus as your leader, and you can confess that, or you can say, you know what? Jesus doesn't seem to be very much fun. I'd rather go over here and do this. Man, what freedom. Scary, the freedom we have in Christ. And he gets down And he washes your feet because he cares where you've been and he's so concerned where you're going. Before you approach the communion tables today, will you hit pause in your life and let Jesus have access to your feet? Will you repent of any known sin in your life and say, Jesus, wow. If you're thinking, man, Matt, you're making me feel really bad. Whatever that thing is that's making you feel really bad, give that to Jesus. That thing that you're hoping that nobody finds out, let Jesus have access to that thing. And let him wash. Notice what he doesn't do. Oh my gosh, you disciples, your feet's gross. Horrible, stinky. How could you be so bad and dirty? Why did you walk through that, Peter? He doesn't do any of those things. He simply washes their feet. When you go up to the communion tables, you're going to get the juice and you're going to get the cup. Don't eat it there. Don't eat it on your way back or drink it on your way back. Bring it back to your seats and we're going to take communion together, okay? I'm going to have Curtis come up. He's going to do a song by Zach Williams called To the Table. Time for you to reflect, for you to get the communion and make it back to your chair. If you have allergies and need gluten-free communion, this table back here to my left, your right, has gluten-free. And with that, would you guys stand with me? All right, now don't move yet. We're going to do something. Stand with me. And I'm going to pray because I'm going to help you. Because I know there's folks in the room, because there's been too much prayer happening this week, that need to confess Jesus as their Lord. You've never said it with your mouth. I'm going to pray a prayer. Curtis, if you want to go ahead and... Well, you're getting your guitar on. He's going to play, and we're going to, we're going to pray this together because you may not know what to say or how to say it. So would you guys bow your head and close your eyes? Not because that's super strong theology. It's just out of respect for what people are doing around you. And let's start with this. If you're here today and you're dirty from head to toe and you've never confessed Jesus as the Lord of your life, here's your shot. If you won't do it right now, I'm in a room full of believers. I'm curious if you'll do it out there. That's me poking the bear. If you're here and you're dirty from head to toe, here's my prayer. Father, today I confess your son Jesus as my Lord. I confess Jesus as my leader. Give me the courage to tell a friend. Give me the courage to tell the leaders at the communion table. But Lord, I confess that. I've been thinking it, now I'm saying it. You are my Lord. And Jesus, I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And for those of you who are saying that, stick with me. Here we go. You ready? Father, I believe your word, and I trust that I am saved. Help me to follow you daily. I love when God moves. See, I have such a fun, unique advantage, guys, where I get to see it when it's real on a person's life. And for all of you who call New City Home, and you approach the table series today and you're like, man, Lord, or Matt, I am, I am completely in with Jesus today. I get to come and he washes my feet. I want you to know that there are people in the room right now who are saying yes to Jesus in a sincere way, and we need to celebrate that as a church family. So, Father, as people who are already in your church family, we say thank you for the people who just joined for the first time. Right, church? Can we say thank you, Lord? And Father, we come to you with our feet. We remember when you first washed us from head to toe. But since that time, we've walked through some stuff. And we want to approach our communion table to remember you with clean feet. So Father, we pause and we give you access to our lives so that you might once again wash us. It's in Jesus' name that we take part in communion. It's because of Jesus that we even have access to remember. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. When you're ready, let's make our way to the tables. We've got four of them, two in the front, two in the back. Grab those elements, bring them back to your seat, and we're going to take communion together when you're ready, all right? And let that person know that you confessed if you have done so today. Let's conclude the story. Jesus has washed their feet, And then he just gives on the most basic description. He says, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What is Jesus just unpacking there? He's like, guys, you just saw me wash all of your feet and you guys all recognize me as the boss, as the savior, and I served you. Now you go do for others what I've done for you. And that has trickled down throughout history, throughout time. And here we are on May 14th, 2017. And Jesus says to us, what you have seen me do, you go do. We are in the feet washing business. We're in the feet washing business. Does that mean that you're supposed to strip down to your undies and go around and literally wash people's feet? Please don't do that. That'd be kind of weird. right? Be kind of weird. It's a metaphor today for us for how do we serve people. Here's what the church is guilty of. We identify stinky feet and we point out stinky feet. Ooh, stinky feet. Stinky feet, stinky life. Do you know this? Any man in the room who's ever had stinky feet, you know your feet stink. You don't need your wife to tell you. I don't need my kids to tell me my feet stink. I promise you, I can smell them, right? Right? In our Christian walk, if we're not careful, we walk around pointing out people's stinky feet when they already know they stink. And if they had a way to make their feet not stink, they wouldn't stink. What do we do? We do as Jesus did. We love them in spite of their stinky feet, and we look for ways to serve their stinky feet. But if you walk up to our world, if you walk up to your neighbors, if you walk up to those who you would, in your own estimation, would say are far from God and this is how you approach them, Or like this because their language is too bad for you? Guess what? That ain't how it works. I have never debated, I have never argued somebody into the kingdom of God. You are not the one who's going to come up with the most snarky, creative Facebook post that's going to change the world. It ain't you. And you can keep processing your truth in funny, sarcastic ways. But that's not how you entered the kingdom. You entered the kingdom because somebody loved you enough to wash your feet. And somebody loved you enough even when you yourself didn't feel like you were lovable. Somebody welcomed you in when no one else would seem... Like you wouldn't have welcomed you in, but somebody welcomed you in. We're in the feet washing business. And you're going to go home today. You're going to be around people this week who they have dirty feet. And do you know enough about you that you're able to serve them without all of your insecurities getting in the way? Are you securing yourself enough this week to serve those that you work with and that you do life with, even if they make fun of your serving, even if they make a a joke of the kindness that you're trying to show them? Are you secure enough in who you are in Christ to take that ridicule as, hey, you know what, sometimes that happens. Not everybody, some people do. Hey, no, you're not going to watch me. You can't do that. And They, they might even joke. What if they spread rumors about you on your on your kindness and they poke fun at you? Man, if you know that you're in Christ, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. They did it to Jesus. They're going to do it to me. What does Jesus say right here? Is the messenger greater than the one who sent him? No. I would caution some of us. If you never get made fun of, if no one ever says you talk about Jesus too much, or man, you just talk about the spiritual things. Too, if no one ever says that about you, if like you are a friend to the world, and you never offend anybody with this gospel of Jesus, I don't know. I want to, in my life, for people to taste and see that the Lord is good. But sometimes I'll be honest; I'm just a little too salty. And that's what happens sometimes when you try to serve people. Sometimes unintentionally you offend them and you don't mean to, right? Here's my prayer and we're done, is that we would be dangerous. Not in a bad way, but we would be dangerous in who we are in Christ. Fun thing happened to me this week. I'm at Starbucks. I know it's scary and uh, rare. I'm there all the time. I should get a job. I don't want to get a job there. Um, But I'm at Starbucks and I'm in and out. I'm in and out, right? I'm going to baseball practice uh, Saturday morning. And I go in and I get my, no, no, it's Friday. And I'm going, I'm going to get my coffee, but I'm in a hurry. And so I just stick my, I see two friends outside and I open the door outside. I said, hey, Jerry, who I know pretty well. And the other one's a teacher at Neiman. And I said, hey, and I can't remember her name. And I said, hey, I think it's Christine. I said, hey, and I just leave. That's it, that's all I did. I get a text 20 minutes later from Jerry saying, dude, because you said hi to both of us, it led to a spiritual conversation where she's like knowing that God wants more from her life, but she doesn't know what yet. That was crazy. I text back, yeah, bro, I'm dangerous. <laughs> right? Why am I dangerous? Why are you dangerous? Because Jesus is my leader. Like, I mean, like that's on my mind all the time. He is my guard. He is my leader. Wherever I go, he is leading me. And there's opportunity to be a light for him wherever I might go. I'm not special because I got a tie on. You too. You too. That's why we confess Jesus is our Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead because when we know that, Oh, you can do so, so much in the kingdom of God.